Open your Bibles with me to the 132nd Psalm. Psalm 132. It was very difficult yesterday choosing which passages of Scripture to suggest that you read on Saturday evening in preparation for today's services. Because I hope that you remember 2 Samuel 7 well already, I did not recommend it, though it is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. 2 Samuel 7 is where David sat in his finished house and felt sorry for the Lord because the Lord was still being worshipped in a tent called a tabernacle. And so he purposed to build the Lord a house, and Nathan told him to go ahead and do so. And then the Lord came to Nathan and said, No, I'll have David's son build it for me. And the Lord came and explained to David that in all my dealings with Moses and the people of Israel, I've never complained that I was being worshipped in a tabernacle. And that you would have such a wonderful thought toward me is special indeed, but I'm not going to let you build it. You're a man of war. I'm going to let your son build it. However, I will build you a house. And I will raise up your children after you to sit on my throne forever. Your desire to build me a house is a wonderful thing, but I'm going to build you a house instead, and your sons will sit on my throne forever and ever. And then David takes up by speaking back to the Lord and saying, This is not the way that men speak to one another. You have spoken to your servant about things for a long time to come. You have already blessed me enough for one lifetime because you took me from following sheep to be your king over your people Israel. But now you've spoken about my house forever. And the exchange between the Lord and David is precious indeed in 2 Samuel 7. Psalm 132 summarizes the same thing. Let us all stand together and read in unison Psalm 132. In unison. Lord, remember David and all his afflictions, how he swear unto the Lord and bowed unto the mighty God of Jacob. Surely I will not come into the tabernacle of my house, nor go up into my bed, I will not give sleep to mine eyes, or slumber to mine eyelids, until I find out a place for the Lord, and habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. Lo, we heard it at Ephratah, we found it in the fields of the wood. We will go into his tabernacles, we will worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, into thy rest, thou and the ark of thy strength. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. For thy servant David's sake, turn not away the face of thine anointed. The Lord hath sworn in truth unto David. He will not turn from it. Of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. If thy children will keep my covenant and my testimony that I shall teach them, their children shall also sit upon thy throne forevermore. 
for the Lord had chosen Zion. He hath desired it for his habitation. This is my rest forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. I will also clothe her priests with salvation, and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. There will I make the horn of David to bud. I have ordained the lamp for my anointed. His enemies will I clothe with shame, but upon himself shall his crown flourish. Amen and amen. amen. You may be seated. Instead of reading 2 Samuel 7 last night, one of the chapters I suggested that you read is 2 Samuel 5. And in 2 Samuel 5, you read about the stronghold of Zion being taken by David and Joab. Because the Lord delighted in Zion. Abraham had met Melchizedek way back in Genesis chapter 14. And Melchizedek was king of a place called Salem which is peace. The city of peace was Jerusalem. The shortened version of Jerusalem is Salem. David calls it Salem in his Psalms. That was a special city for God from the beginning. And that's where he wanted his worship to take place, was on Mount Zion, and in that stronghold, citadel, the fort that was on the top of that mountain. The Jebusites were so confident of their citadel and stronghold that they mocked David, that they could station the lame and the blind on those walls, and David and his men would have no ability to take the city. And you read that David hated those lame and their blind for mocking him and the God of Israel. And he said, who wants it first? Whoever gets it, you can be in charge of the armies. And Joab took the stronghold of Zion for his uncle David. And so David built that fort. He dwelt in it. He built it. He established it as the capital city of Israel. God was with him in the effort. And in that place, he set a tent to replace the ones that Moses had worn out and that had replaced the the original one. He set a tent, and there he put the Ark of the Covenant in that great celebration that took place in 2 Samuel chapter 6. And this is about the removal of the Ark into a place for it. David always wanted to worship the Lord to the best of his ability. When he took the stronghold of Zion, he set a tent for it. But the tent wasn't good enough for David. He wanted to build a temple for it. And that's why you have 2 Samuel chapter 7. But here we have a psalm of David expressing his commitment to the Lord and the Lord's promise to him as the ark is moved in to the tabernacle that he set for it. He says in verse 8, Arise, O Lord, into thy rest, thou and the ark of thy strength. This is at the removing of the ark. The superscription over the psalm tells you that, but if you want it in the text, it tells us in the text that that is the occasion for this psalm. David expresses his heart in the matter in the first six verses. How that he had swore unto the Lord and vowed to the mighty God of Jacob 
that he was going to do something for his habitation and give him a better place than he had. For if you'll remember, the Ark of the Covenant was simply sitting where it had sat for quite a few years in Gibeah, where it had come back from the Philistines when it had been stolen under the evil reign of the judge Eli. Remember, it had sat there for a long time. Saul didn't move it, but David was going to move it. And so he moved it into a tent that he prepared for it in Jerusalem, in Zion, on the top of Mount Zion, the stronghold that the Jebusites had owned. And so here's his commitment to do that. And then he's blessing the Ark of the Covenant coming into this new place that he's prepared for it. And he asks the Lord for his, for the Lord's relationship with him to confirm that he would bless the priests that would minister in that place. And then he appeals to the Lord's oath. The Lord had made a promise to David that of the fruit of his body, he would set upon David's throne a son to reign forever. And that son is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that message about the son of David is conveyed through the entirety of the Bible. It starts in the third chapter of Genesis with a male seed of the woman being the one that would deliver us from the works of the devil. And that was the Lord Jesus Christ. And it goes to the final chapter of the Bible where the Lord Jesus Christ in glorious splendor would still lay claim to the fact that he was the root and offspring of David. From throughout the Bible, Jesus is the son of David because that was the greatest man that David that the Lord Jesus Christ could appeal to, and it was the one that God had promised that of his loins would God raise up a Savior for Israel. And so we have David at this point recalling the Lord's promises to him. And then the Lord takes over himself in the first person. For the Lord hath chosen Zion, this is verse 13, he hath desired it for his habitation. And here speaks the Lord. This is my rest forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. God wanted that city of Jerusalem, and God wanted that city of Zion. And that's where he would be worshipped. And that is where he would focus his worship. That is why Daniel and Solomon, Solomon in his prayer of dedication, and Daniel in his practice from the city of Babylon, 500 miles away, would open his window, get down on his knees, and pray toward Jerusalem. Because it was in that city where God was to be worshipped. And it was prayers toward that place, even when the temple had been razed to the ground by the Babylonian armies, that God would hear from heaven and would heal their land according to His promise. Right. Now, that Jerusalem was wiped from the face of the earth 2,000 years ago. But before it was wiped from the earth, the Lord Jesus Christ declared that God had left it. That that house in that place was left desolate. God was no longer worshipped in that place. The veil was torn in half because the way to God had been opened by the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Galatians, and in Hebrews, and in Revelation... We are told about a new Jerusalem. And that Jerusalem is in heaven. And that Zion is in heaven. And we are all in connection and citizens of that heavenly Jerusalem. The Apostle Paul would preach in Galatians chapter 4 that the Jerusalem on earth was to be compared and likened 
to Hagar, that was the Ishmaelite bondwoman, the Egyptian bondwoman of Abraham that brought forth the son that was cast out. And, the, and his mother was cast out. She had no claim to any of Abraham's blessing as the seed of Abraham and the, and the seed of God. That's in Galatians. Jesus would tell the woman of Samaria, woman, the hour is coming in the which they're not going to be worshiping God at Jerusalem. Because it's going to be a spiritual worship in spirit and in truth. And we are participants in that today. There is a stronghold of Zion. And it's not manned by Jebusites. And there's no army in heaven or in hell that can assault the stronghold of Zion. And it's in heaven. And Hebrews 12 would tell us we are come unto Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ, whose blood speaketh far better things than the blood of Abel. We are come to an innumerable company of angels. We are come to the spirits of just men made perfect. We are all part of a spiritual kingdom. And when I say spiritual kingdom, that does not mean it is not literal. It means that it is focused in heaven. But it still has part of it on earth. And the Lord Jesus Christ is in the process of gathering together all of His children in one, whether they be children in heaven or whether they be children on earth. And it is called the New Jerusalem. And it is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and His kingdom. And there shall soon be a day where that entire church and that entire city will be celebrating with the shout of joy and praise as the Lord Jesus Christ sits down with them at the marriage supper of the Lamb and God unites us together forever for eternity. Amen. This is the Son of David. This is the city of David. This is Zion. And the Lord loves it. This is my rest forever. Here will I dwell, for I have desired it. Verse 15, I will abundantly bless her provision. Has the God of heaven provided for your needs? Amen. He has provided for mine, and I bless His holy name. I will satisfy her poor with bread. Have you eaten in the last day? He will satisfy her poor with bread. I will also clothe her priests with salvation. Does the Zion where God dwells have priests that affect salvation? You are your priest. You're able to go into the presence of God because that way has been opened up permanently and forever through Jesus Christ our Lord. I will clothe her priests. Forget those robes of the Old Testament. Who cares about bells and blue? Give me the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and we can go straight into heaven. And her saints shall shout aloud for joy. And we want to shout today. We want to be joyful today. We have a king. It's the Lord Jesus Christ, the son of David that came out of his loins. His legal father was of David and of David's city. His mother was of David so that his father was truly David biologically and legally. He has every claim to the throne of David and he sits on that throne at this hour. He has the keys of David twirling on his finger. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7. He's a glorious king. There will I make the horn of David to bud. The horn of David is still budding at this hour. In fact, it's no longer a bud. It has burst into full bloom. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I have ordained a lamp for mine anointed, 
when God is going to cut off a man, He says His lamp shall be put out in obscurity. There will be no light left for that man and his family name. But I have ordained a lamp for mine anointed. David is always going to have a light in the kingdom of God. And that light is the Lord Jesus Christ. His enemies will I clothe with shame. All the enemies of David and all the enemies of Jesus are clothed with shame. But upon himself shall his crown flourish. And Jesus is crowned with honor and glory at this hour in the kingdom of the Lord, sitting in Mount Zion on the throne of David at the right hand of the majesty on high. This is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what we are to remember, that the word of God is not bound. And though this world's newspapers give no honor or credit to the high king of heaven, the prince of the kings of this earth, we know, we know, without a doubt and with total certainty, that Jesus reigns forever. The Lord God omnipotent reigns. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And He's coming again, and He's going to show them how terribly mistaken they have been to have missed the Lord of glory. Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ this morning? Do you love the Son of David? Do you love His origin? Do you love his origin in one city of David named Bethlehem and his death in another city of David named Jerusalem? Do you love his throne? Do you love his power and his glory? Do you love it? Do you love him for his kindness? Do you love him for his beauty? He is altogether lovely. Do you love power? Do you love dominion? His dominion extends from sea to shining sea. All angels, principalities, and powers have been made subject to Him. He rules over heaven and earth. The only being that is not under His feet and under His authority and reign is God Himself. He is accepted that did put all things under His feet, 1 Corinthians 15 tells us. I don't know what your problems are today. I know that when I look in the newspaper and see pictures of our leaders... I know that Ecclesiastes 10 has been fulfilled. Woe unto thee, O land, when a child is your king. But I have a child king. He's called the Holy Child Jesus in Acts chapter 4. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ, and He is my king. And He reigns over the kings of the earth, and He's dashing them in pieces. And though they quake at this hour in fear and confusion about the economic trouble coming on the world... He reigns forever. And he, He rules and He owns the cattle and a thousand hills and everything in between. And He's able to take care of us according to the riches of His glory and He's promised to do so. Brethren, my purpose is for you to remember that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is a man. He is the Son of David. Yes, He is the Word of God made flesh. Yes, in his body dwelt the fullness of the body of the Godhead. But I never want you to forget that there is in heaven at this hour a man named the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth and he is our Savior. These things are not difficult to understand, but do not be confused about them. We have a man, and by his Spirit he is in this assembly this morning because he walks among his candlesticks and oversees his churches. And He's with us this morning. And I hope that you have a desire in your heart, though you cannot lay your eyes and hands upon Him. But by faith, 
you adore Him. And if He were here, you'd be first at His feet to worship Him, the lover of your soul, and the Son of David, who reigns at the right hand of God. He is our Lord and our Savior, and He loves the title. He is not ashamed of that title, because God promised to raise up a lamp unto David forever, and to make it bud and flourish in heaven, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us shout for joy this day. We have a Savior, and He can save us from everything you face. And He's going to save you from things you can hardly imagine. And that's when He steps forward to the judgment seat of God and delivers you from the wrath of God against all sin and sinners. You will be saved with an everlasting salvation because your high priest will be clothed with salvation in that day and you will not be lost. Where do we stop when we talk about the Lord Jesus Christ? This is my beloved. This is my King. Praise His glorious name. Amen.